0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I like to speak with you about some principles in service in general. The first principle that service is considered a sacrifice. A sacrifice. When we read in Hebrew, chapter 13 which is actually the last chapter and verse 16 but do not forget to do good and to share for with such sacrifices god is well pleased don't forget to do good and to share for with such sacrifices god is well pleased Definitely we can take this verse about charitable deeds But also it can be taken about service like Sunday school service Because in the charitable deeds, I help somebody with money. I help somebody with physical service. I provide him with some food with some drink but definitely Sunday school service is considered doing good because I provide the spiritual food and I provide the water of life and actually this considered is the best service I can do to anybody if I feed his body this body one day will, will die but if I feed his spirit this actually will take him to everlasting life and about sharing do not forget to do good and to share i share from my time i share from my knowledge i share from my emotions so there is a lot of sharing between the sunday school servant and his students so when saint paul said Do not forget to do good and to share. So, this can be applied on Sunday school service. And he considered this as a sacrifice. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Sacrifice means you give to others because of your love toward God. And Sunday school service you are giving from yourself, from your time, from your effort, from your emotions, from your knowledge. You are giving. And why you give? Because you love. Because you love God. And that's why the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he went to preaching from one place to another place, is considered service, as the Lord said about himself, the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve others. So, the Lord Jesus Christ, before offering himself on the cross as a sacrifice of love, he offered himself when he was wandering from place to place, preaching and teaching the word of God. The description about both John the Baptist and about the Lord Jesus Christ in their ministry they were traveling and wandering from one place to another place saying repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and definitely as a Sunday school servant if you see one of your students sick you will go and ask about him if you see one of your students uh, poor and needy you will address his need through the church and through coordinating with the fathers and the priest. So, beside the teaching in Sunday school, our responsibility toward our children out of the sacrifice of love is to take care of all their needs, not only the spiritual needs but as well as the physical needs and the psychological needs. And that's what we call the holistic approach. You actually look at the person as a whole. That's why in our prayers, we don't focus only on spiritual needs, but we focus on physical needs. That's why you pray for the sick, we pray for the travelers, we pray for the prisoners, we pray for the air of heaven, we pray for the plants, because all this actually can provide for our physical needs. And also, we care and we pray about our psychological needs. For example, the litany for the the departed. One of the reasons for our comfort, for our psychological needs here, to be comforted and in the litany for the sick we say the bishop of our souls and bodies so he is the physician of our souls and bodies and also the church like in celebration in feasts with this celebration actually bring joy to our heart and again that is addressing our psychological needs. When somebody goes in trouble, we pray for them and we comfort them. Again, providing for psychological needs. In the Tesbihah, in the conclusion of the Watus Teotokiyas, we say, The sick, O Lord, heal them. Those who departed, repose them. And those who are in affliction or trouble, deliver them. So, the sick physical needs, the departed for psychological needs, and those who are in affliction also for psychological needs. So, first definition of service, it is a sacrifice. Sacrifice of love we give without limit because we love God. Another definition of the service, it is using our talents for the glory of God. You know the parable of the talent, when the master give one five talents, the other two talents, and the third one talent. And he asked them to trade. The person who did not trade with the talent, but he buried the Lord told him, you wicked and lazy servant, wicked and lazy servant. And all of us, without exception, we receive the talents from God, all of us. And these talents to minister it to one another, to serve one another with our talent. As St. Peter said in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And I want you to notice here when he said, as each one, each one has received a gift, each one of us. And this gift, I should not use it for my own glory, or for for my own profit, but minister it to one another help one another with this gift. As in this way, will be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. But if I keep the talent to myself, i use it to my own glory, or I'll bury it as this lazy and wicked servant, then I'm not using my talent in the right way. And God, in the last day, will ask us, give an account of your stewardship so we need to give an account God will tell you I give you so many talents there are talents that common to everyone like time all of us we have time money all of us who have money but there are specific talents given to some people talent in teaching for example talent in leadership, talent in administration, talent in being just a helper to others. God will tell you, I give you this talent. Did you make profit with this talent or not? For example, today in the choir, we can, use, we can see how the servants used the talent given to them in organizing the children, teaching them, training them, make them do wonderful presentation and performance. They are using this talent. And when we do a lot with our talent, and we can have many, many fruits with our talent, this actually will glorify God. So am I using my talents or not? The apostles were very careful to focus on their talents. What do I mean by this? God gave the apostles the responsibility of preaching the word of God. So an administrative problem happened. This administrative problem that the widows of the Greek were neglected in the daily service. So in a way, it is their responsibility to solve this problem. They cannot say we are dedicated to the ministry of God and turn a blind eye to this responsibility. But in the same time, they should not waste their time in making sure that the daily service Reach each one. That's why they delegated and they said very clearly it is not right for us to leave the Word of God and serve tables. We are called to preach the Word of God. That's why they assigned the seven deacons for this responsibility. To take care of these widows and to make sure that the daily service reach each and everyone. So this is an example how I focus on my talent and I should delegate to others so that I will not waste my time because if you waste your time because you are distracted with so many responsibilities and you don't want to delegate, then you will not be profitable in your talent because you don't give it the time, you don't give it the attention that's needed, you are so distracted. So service is a sacrifice, service is trading with the talents that we received from God. Number three. Service is the responsibility of the church. When the multitude stayed with the Lord Jesus Christ for three days without eating or drinking, so the disciples went to the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him to dismiss the multitude to the village surrounding them in order to find lodging and something to eat. But the Lord refused this suggestion. And he told them, you give them something to eat. Why the Lord did this? Maybe it was very easy for him to dismiss them so they can actually go to the surrounding cities and find lodging and find something to eat. But the Lord didn't do this but, and said to the apostles, you give them something to eat in order to teach us when there is something it's our responsibility we should not neglect it it was the responsibility if they hosted the multitude for three days then it was their responsibility to provide them something to eat that's why the lord told them you give them something to eat when the lord spoke about the wise and faithful steward. He said, who is the wise and faithful steward who give his servant their food in its time. In its time. In its time has so many first meaning It should be done in the right time because if we give the food later maybe it will not benefit. Our children now are exposed to homosexuality and transgenderism even in the curriculum of primary school. They are actually exposed to evolution and atheism So, we need to give them their food in its time before they go to school and learn about all this stuff. We need to prepare them and to teach them about the existence of God, about how to glorify God in our gender, and about the basic principles of marriage should be between male and male, about the life of purity and how to keep our bodies, the temple of God, pure. If you wait until they go to school and learn about all these things and they are brainwashed, then they come to the church and teach them about purity and about creation, all these things. I am worried that we did not provide them their food in its time we provide it late so it is our responsibility to provide the food in its time also the word give them their food in its time their food their food means the food that is suitable to their age to their spiritual uh, growth and in the amount that they needed, not less and not more. So it is our responsibility to give the food, the right amount and the right quality, and it should be in the right time. Right amount, right quality, and in the right time. Many Sunday school servants nowadays, they don't pay attention or spend the time in preparing the lesson. So I'm worried or concerned that we don't give them the proper food that they need to grow. Some Sunday school servants nowadays, either they read the lesson, maybe Sunday morning before going to the church, or sometimes they read it in the same time of class or maybe they don't read it at all and they just speak from the memory what they retained in their mind if you did not prepare and spend the time in preparing and praying that the Holy Spirit anoint every word when you utter it, then Are we giving them their food, the proper food, in the quantity and in the time that they need and in its time or not, the quantity and the quality? Sometimes even we go not prepared at all. And now there are many videos on YouTube so we can show our children. Any video. The point is not how to fill this 30 minutes or one hour of Sunday school. That's not the point. The, the, the parents entrusted us with their children so that we can teach them and build them up in the fear of God and build them up in the heavenly wisdom. So it's not about just to fill this 30 minutes or one hour. If it's about just filling this time, it's easy. But it's about giving them their food in due season. That's why the Lord said to the disciples, you give them something to eat. So do we understand this responsibility to provide the food in the amount and in quality? that is suitable to this age, and will provide it in its time or not. So, service is a sacrifice, service is trading by talents, and also service is our responsibility to give our children their food in amount and quality in its time, in the proper time, in due season, as they say. Another point about service, service is about human development. It is our responsibility to develop the person. Some Sunday school servants, they encourage dependency, and they are happy that their student are dependent on them. But this is not right. The right thing is to help them to be developed and to depend on God and on themselves, to reach spiritual maturity. St. Paul actually discovered that the Hebrews did not grow into spiritual maturity. That's why he addressed this issue in Hebrews chapter 5 starting from verse 11 when he said of whom regarding christ we have much to say i need to tell you many many things that is a proper food but unfortunately it's hard to explain why since you have become dull of hearing dull of hearing and he rebuked them for not growing for though, by this time, you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. So he told them, you did not develop all these years in Christ, but you still need to learn the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk, and not solid food. Actually, it is grieving that after so many years in Christ, some Christians still need milk because they cannot digest solid food. So if you don't actually help your student to grow and to be developed, they will be like the Hebrews, dull hearing, and they still need milk and not solid food can you imagine if there is a boy 12 years old or 15 and he still cannot digest regular food still need to be fed by milk what about Christians who are in Christ for more than 15 years but still they cannot digest solid food and St. Paul told them, I'm not happy that you still need milk. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Full age means spiritually mature. That is, those by the reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The little children cannot discern between good and evil. They want to play actually with a knife. And maybe if they have a loaded gun, they don't know it's a loaded gun. And they can play with it. And maybe they can kill themselves or kill somebody else. That's why Saint Paul said, if you still need milk, then You are not skilled in the word of God. You are not skilled in the word of righteousness. You cannot discern between good and evil. So it is our responsibility to help our children to grow. Again, it is not about just to fill this one hour with curriculum and some activities. You as a spiritual parent, look at their development. Are they growing or not? Are they developed or not? Can they digest solid food or not? What about their ability to discern between good and evil? So service is a sacrifice. Service is trading by our time. Service is our responsibility to provide the proper food in the proper time. Service should be directed toward human development. In order to reach this level in service, there are actually some principles for us on how to serve. Because if these principles disappeared, we actually will never be able to serve in in the right way. What are some principles in service? Service should be directed to serve Christ only, and we serve his children in him. Service is not about serving ourselves, but about others. What do I mean serving ourselves? Sometimes we have needs and we try to fulfill these needs in service. For example, if I have need to be loved, so I try to attach the students to me, to fulfill this need, If I have need to be powerful, because deep, deep inside me, I have like inferiority. So, I want these children to submit to me, because I'm serving my need for power and control. So, I'm using Sunday school service To serve me, not to serve Christ and his children. That's why I cannot call such service a sacrifice. It's far away from sacrifice. I'm not giving, but I'm receiving through the service. Also, service that is away from prayer and scripture, it's not a true service. How can you provide the proper food in the proper time without asking the grace of God, without you yourself be educated in the word of God? In the Catechesis that we say to the newly ordained readers, we tell them you need to study the scripture book by book, chapter by chapter, in order not to fill the ears of those who hear you with what you read, and you yourself be rejected. So, we tell them, you first, you need to study. You need to be filled with the Word of God. Let the Word of Christ dwell richly in you. Lest you fill the ears of those who hear with what you read, but you are yourself rejected. That's why in order to serve, we need to have prayer room in which we spend a good time in praying for the service. And we need to study and learn the scripture chapter by chapter and verse by verse also we need to serve with a vision. You cannot actually help your class to be developed and to grow without having a vision. As a parent, I'm sure all of you, you have vision toward your children. And how you use this vision to develop your plan in raising them up What school are you going to send them to? And what career is suitable for them? So having a vision, very, very important. You know, the teenager right now, who are drifted away from God, and they don't want to come to the church, and maybe they are doing drugs, or they tell you I'm atheist, or I'm agnostic, or I'm a homosexual. These teenagers, a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, they were students in our Sunday school classes. And they were submissive. And they were learning. And most of the time, if we were able to give them the proper food and the proper time, maybe they wouldn't turn towards what they are right now. When we have a vision in serving our children, this helps them and us in human development, how they develop themselves. Another point, principle, very important principle in, in service, you need to serve in a spirit of humbleness and in a spirit of love. Don't feel superior to them and let them feel they are inferior to you. But with humbleness and with meekness, you can give yourself. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And humbleness and meekness very, very helpful, especially in dealing with the resistant people, like teenagers who are resistant. When you speak to them in love and humbleness, most probably you will win them. As Saint Anthony the Great said, love and humbleness defeat beasts. Love and humbleness defeat beasts. So, if there is a student who actually is rebellious and very difficult and doesn't want to listen, if you treat him With love and humbleness, you can actually turn this person from a wolf to a lamb in the flock of God. Another principle in service is long suffering and patience. Sometimes we are not patient with our children. We want them to grow and be developed quickly. And if they are not, I get upset at them, mad at them and I tell them there is no hope in you, it's hopeless case. I want you to notice your children in growing up, they grow unnoticed. From day to day, you did not notice the growth. But if you look at five years ago or seven years ago, you can tell the difference. So the growth should be gradual growth. The growth should be gradual should growth and since it's gradual, I'll need to be patient and I need actually to learn how to have long suffering and patience because when we see our children not growing, this cause suffering to our hearts, but if we understand that love and humbleness will defeat beasts, then through love and humbleness, I can help these children to uh, be transformed. Another important principle in, in service, in order to achieve these four things, sacrifice, trading with your talents for the glory of God and providing them proper food in the proper time and helping in human development You need to be zealous, you need to serve God with zeal, not with lukewarmness, and not with laziness. Again, unfortunately, this generation, some of of the servants here, are totally different than the generation in the 50s and 60s and 70s. For the former generation, service was above everything else. Above work, above family, above personal needs. Their perception of themselves, not that I am a doctor or a teacher or a lawyer or accountant. No, I am a servant. Then whatever else, just it comes along the way. But mainly, I am a servant. That's why they were very committed, very zealous very determined in their service but nowadays service is the last in how i define myself maybe i define myself regarding what job i have what education i had who are my connections and whom i know this is how we define ourselves not a servant and service comes at the end of the list. We don't actually give the service the first priority in our life. So how can I call the service sacrifice and you don't give it priority on your love? Can you imagine if there is a nanny very negligent and does not provide the babies, the milk in its time? I'm sure the parents will fire her, because she is so negligent. How, if I am a lazy servant, how I will provide the food, the proper food, in its time? And definitely, we don't want God actually to say, these are not suitable anymore for service, like the parents who fired this negligent, and then, we need to serve God with commitment, with zeal. Thus, we can actually make a sacrifice for the glory of God. Also, we can provide the proper food in the proper time. We can help our children to grow. And also, in this way, will be wise and faithful in carrying our talents. Another principle in service to serve without getting bored as we read in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 And let us not grow weary while doing good Don't be bored, don't grow weary in doing good For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart So, don't say, you know, I asked about this person 10 times and he never answered my text message or my phone call. I tried to visit him, but he never responded to me. St. Paul is telling us, let us not grow weary while doing good. There is a time for harvest, a time in which you can reap. Maybe the seed that I planted is still too small. Sometimes we plant certain fruits and we eat from it after three years or four years. So St. Paul tells us, let's not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, in the right season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. But those who lose heart, And they are not patient and get bored, then they will not reap this fruit. Another principle, I touched it before, but I want to emphasize it again, what we call the holistic approach in service. The holistic approach, I cannot focus on one element, who are bodies, souls and spirits. I cannot focus only on the needs of the body. I cannot focus only on the needs of the spirit. I cannot focus only on the need of the soul. But we have to serve the person as a whole. Because these three things influence each other. Our soul influence our body, and our body influences our spirit, and so on. When you hear the term psychosomatic diseases, means it is a disease in the soma, in the flesh, in the body, caused by trouble in the soul, in the psyche. That's why it's called psychosomatic diseases. One time, a lady was bleeding for so many years and she came and touched the hem Of the Lord Jesus Christ and she was immediately healed but she was healed only physically not spiritually and not psychologically so the Lord asked who touched me and she was troubled more than she was troubled but the Lord told her my daughter your faith has saved you. By addressing her, my daughter, he showed her love and acceptance. According to the Old Testament law, she is considered unclean because of the bleeding. But when the Lord addressed her, my daughter, he gave healing to her soul. And also, before dismissing her, he told her, Go in peace. Again, go in peace. It's different than when we say to each other, "Peace and grace." When the Lord, the word "peace" comes from His mouth, He granted this person peace. Peace. So any worry, any trouble, and the soul are gone. And now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, fills her heart and her mind. So the Lord healed her physically, healed her psychologically. What about spiritually? He told her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So he granted her salvation, healing for her spirit. That's what we call the holistic approach. So when we serve our children, we need to look at all their needs, spiritually, physically, and psychologically. The last point, we need to serve with gratitude. None of us is worthy to be called a servant. None of us. So we need to serve with attitude of gratefulness and thanksgiving that God shows us we the unworthy, we the undeserving to be his servant. Some serve with burden, consider the service of God is a burden on their heart. How you consider the service of God is a burden to you? especially if we know that we are not worthy that's why saint peter in first peter chapter 4 and verse 9 he said be hospitable to one another without grumbling if you decide to serve others serve them with generosity with love not out of grumbling not out of obligation not while you are murmuring and complaining. But you need to serve without grumbling. So if we follow these principles in service, then we can sacrifice and offer God a sacrifice of love. We provide the proper food in the proper time. We use our talents for the glory of God. And also we help in the development of our children psychologically, spiritually, and also physically. May the Lord help all of us to serve Him honestly, unrighteousness, in wisdom and faithfulness all the days of our life. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.